Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Now, let's recap what we've covered in this series called baggage so far. There are things in our lives that can weigh us down and keep us from experiencing the freedom and growth in our walk with the Lord simply because it's extra baggage. So as we do this, we've learned that we really need to let it go so that we can actually travel light. Let me read aloud with, uh, with, for you. Ephesians was put up here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, have you ever struggled with ever being angry, being bitter, or ever just wanting to get even? If you have, then this passage of Scripture is not easy to hear. I shared this verse a few weeks ago. And if you can relate to that, then you're not alone. Even the guy preaching this sermon can tell you, I've, I've been there. Those can be some tough words to hear Jesus tell us. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. But you don't understand what they did to me. Do you know what they did to my wife? Do you know what they did to my kids? Do you know what they said? Do you know what they took? And you want me to not be angry? Um, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Wow. Those can be tough. But the truth is, if we don't let it go, if we don't let our baggage go, then we choose to carry that baggage everywhere we do go. Even to Lowe's, or to Target, or to Jack in the Box. Wherever you go, so goes your baggage. Far too many people walk around carrying heavy baggage from the years of mistakes and hurts. They'll carry it around with them. As you've seen before, wherever we go, we got our baggage. But we don't just stop with a little bit of baggage because sometimes... We just have more baggage to carry around. And if that doesn't work, we can just put a little under here. Because, you know, our baggage is important to us. You don't know what I've been through, Pastor. It fits. And it works for me. I'm not done yet. Don't you remember that other thing? I love my baggage. 
My baggage be good to me. I'm telling you, I wouldn't know what I would be without my baggage. Maybe your baggage represents the things you regret from your past. Maybe the things you know you should not have done. Things you know you should not have said. You should not have thought about. And you think, maybe I deserve to have to carry this baggage the rest of my life. Or maybe you're carrying baggage because of what was done to you. How they abandoned you, rejected you, done you wrong for no reason, hurt you, left you, cursed you, stole from you. And here you are going through life with all this baggage. And you think nobody sees it. Nobody hears it. Nobody feels it. And the truth is, is this baggage is so old and stinky and rotten, people can smell you a mile away. Here comes sister so-and-so. What do we want to do? Oh, no, here she comes. We want to run away. Why? We smell it. She's going to tell us that same old story over and over again. And then finish up with what? Could you just pray for me? Let go of your baggage. It's time. God's had it. He can't give you freedom. He can't do in your life what He wants to do because you won't let go of it. You think this is a part of you. And He says it's taking from you. It's stealing from you. Not them. The baggage you choose to carry into the future. He's not saying the past wasn't bad. It's probably worse than bad. But they have no right to take your future. Let go of the baggage. It's time. His kingdom come. His will be done. That baggage will spill over into our current relationships, our future relationships, and then it just begins to create collateral damage. Ultimately, whether we did wrong or we were done wrong, we still need to let it go so that we can move forward. Forward in Christ, forward in freedom, and then we can travel light. Most of us may not realize, if you want the favor of the Lord, now this one really preaches to the guy preaching it. If you really want the favor of the Lord, you need, you must let go of the baggage. But you know what comes out of our mouths or in our heart? Because you're going to say it secretly to yourself. But I have my rights. It was not right what they did to me. I can hold this until they hurt more than I hurt. And they're just moving on with life. Acting like nothing ever happened. Hello? Preacher's good to me anyways. Yeah, we can relate. 
Well, that was a bit of a recap from the last couple of weeks. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us and you would guide us as we dive into this thing called baggage. Lord, there's so much in our life that is, that is so heavy in our hearts, so heavy in our souls, that we don't even realize that we're slowing down and that we're forfeiting the destiny you have actually designed for us. Oh God, help us to be tender in our hearts, to be able to say, I trust you. Lord, to be humble, even though we were the ones who were done wrong. Oh God, your will, your way, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's today's big idea for today's sermon. Some of the heavy baggage we haul around with us gives us anxiety, specifically about the things that are completely out of our control. And when we feel anxious, we should cast it on Jesus and trust Him to handle it, to deliver us from that. But, Let's just be honest for just a moment. There are some of us here today who have been hearing this hopium for years. And they're tired. They're tired of it. the greener pastures just are there. It's going to come just around the corner. And they're tired. They're fatigued. And to be honest, many of us, well, we still want to believe and we still want to hope. And we don't want to doubt like Thomas did. But we're struggling. I still love Jesus. I still believe in the cross. But I'm struggling. I can't reconcile everything together. Now, if that sounds like you today, I'm really glad you're here. I have a few scriptures to share with you as we get this going. And I'm going to do this in rapid order. And I hope these scriptures speak to you as a believer and just kind of rekindle those promises and those truths. So let's look at Psalm 55, verse 22. It says, Cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be forsaken. Matthew, 20, Matthew 6.25 Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Matthew 11.28 Then Jesus said, Come, come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy baggage. My interpretation and I will give you rest. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Child of God, God does care for you. And I pray that those verses, those promises of the Lord, actually would help encourage you. I know that your struggles are real. And that your baggage may not be even your doing. But God wants you free from the weight of it all. 
Remember, your heavenly Father wants the best for you. And He wants it to be abundant. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Let's keep those truths at the front of our minds as we travel this, this message today. So if we, as we learn in this series, we need to identify our baggage in our lives. The regrets, the guilt, the shame, the betrayal, the abandonment, the rejection, the offenses, the hurts, the conflicts, the abuse, the suffering, the loss. The list can go on. That thing that weighs us down from going forward in the way that God designed you to. That's baggage. Whether it's from the past, whether you did it, whether somebody did it to you, it's all baggage. And when we've identified our baggage, God tells us to let it go. And then we're to trust Him with our future. Now, there is something else. This is a really imperative ingredient that we need to mix with so that we don't miss this, right? It's a vital ingredient to letting it go. It's a vital ingredient to trusting Him. What is it? It's humility. It is not something we want to hear right now. I was done wrong or I did wrong. I, wait a minute, I'm not going to go there. God says, no, 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 no. You need to know that you need help. That takes humility to say, can you help me? Humility. I've heard it said this way. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. I like the word joy. It's a great acronym for me. It means this, J, Jesus first. O, others second. Y, yourself last. You still think of yourself. You just make yourself less. You just think of yourself less. Think a whole lot more of Jesus and others. You and I need to be willing to ask for help. Help for what, you ask? To be able to seek help to find those blind spots in our life. And by definition, a blind spot is something you cannot see. That's why we call it a blind spot. I need somebody in my life that can say, did you know that this is there? And you're like, well, what are you talking about? I've done this before in the last couple of weeks, and I'll do it again. If I put on this baggage... And I carry it around with me. You all can see it. I have no idea it's there. But boy, do I feel the weight. So when I'm humble, I can say, Hey, Jack, do you see a blind spot in my life? Because I, I, I feel something, but I really can't see it. You see how that works? Somebody in your life that you can trust that's not going to take advantage of you, but that can help you to say, man, I, I know you can't see it from maybe your pain and your hurt, 
But something's different about you. Because of that heavy baggage, that heavy burden, you walk differently. You talk differently. You behave differently. You look at a situation completely differently than maybe the way Jesus would want you to see it. But if you're able to get rid of that baggage, I guarantee you, you probably feel different, which means you'll see different, think different, talk different. So why don't you let it go? Amen? Now, one of the apostles, Peter, he was, he understood this. And he understood about blind spots. And he realized that we really need to cast our cares upon him. But before he talked about casting our cares upon him, he actually talked about being humble. So let's look at it. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 through 7, it says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Well, we can do a sermon on that one, couldn't we? And all of those old people would say, Amen. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward, whoa, whoa, one another? But, but they did me dirty. That's not what it says. It says, all of you clothe yourselves in humility towards one another, except for the ones who done you dirty. That's what we wanted to say. Let's go on. Peter says, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. You want, you want favor? Here it is. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, and He will lift you up in due time. Now, here it is. Verse 7. Say it with me. Ready? Begin. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. That's right. So before we get to verse 7, what does Peter tell us? He tells us, hey, God opposes the proud. And then what does he go before that? Humble yourself. Humility. It's common knowledge that it is incredibly difficult to work with somebody who is puffed up and full of pride. Ever been on a job site with somebody like that? You can't teach them a thing. You can't tell them a thing. And they're always, and you begin, hey, I, was just, I just wanted to show you. Whatever. And you're like, why don't you grab your tool bag and just head out? I don't have time for this. We can see that pride doesn't help. It actually hurts. And you know, it's no different in our relationship with God. When Marvin's full of pride, his ability to try to move me forward his ability to try to help me to see things in my blind spot, it doesn't really work well. He can't teach me anything. He can't show me anything. Because I'm too busy telling him how right I am and how wrong they are. And I just keep picking up my baggage. And I'm not lying, is it's true. Nobody's arguing. But what's coming into your hurt now is being replaced by pride. And God wants you to be humble 
even though you were done wrong, so He can help you to move forward in freedom and for the cause of Christ. And you can be blessed because you let it go. And you said, help me to see my blind spot, God. Help me to see my offense. Help me to see my unforgiveness. Not even for them. For you. And for the ones you love. So you can be everything God called you and designed you to be. When it comes to our heavy baggage and being a disciple, when it comes to being willing to let our baggage go, it takes an enormous amount of humility. This is something Jesus understood. And He modeled humility for us. Leaving heaven and coming to earth, not as a man, but as a babe, Wow. Then willing, there he is. Can you imagine being in the, in the garden? And he's struggling because he knows what's about to come in the next few hours. He says, oh God, let this cup pass. But how's he in that prayer? But not my will. That humility. But not my will. Humility. But not my will, thy will be done. He modeled it for us, even to the cross. His name's Mick Eklijah. And he wrote this six attributes of healthy humility. It's a nice little article. And I'm just going to read you the, the six here. This is how you know whether you have healthy humility. Number one, you acknowledge you don't have it all together. Number two, you know the difference between self-confidence and pride. Three, you seek to add value to others. Four, you take responsibility for your actions. Five, you understand the shadow side of success. Six, you are filled with gratitude for what you have. Where did you see yourself in this list? Did you see yourself in this list? Where do you feel like you could grow in humility when you think about that list? I think we all can find ourselves, quite a few of them. Okay, so once you've got, we'll just say for our, for our conversation, the humility thing all lined up, and you know you need some assistance in dealing with your, your blind spots and your baggage, here's the next step. Give it all to Jesus. Why do I say that? Why do I keep emphasizing that? Because we have a wonderful way of giving God 80 85% and keeping on to the 15%, 20%, 10%, even 5%. We want to keep some because it's really important to us. Why? Because we were hurt. We did wrong. Well, they did to me, so I did to them. We kind of keep back a little bit, don't we? 
And Jesus says, give it all to him. Let me uh, give us a little example of somebody who understood what it was to give it all to him. It's a story of, of Mary and Martha. So here in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued <clears throat> on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha, catch this out. See how Luke writes this. But Martha was distracted. Did you catch that? He doesn't say that she was busy working. He, he says she was distracted. By the big dinner she was preparing, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do the work? All the work, I should say. Tell her to come and help me. And she thought for sure Jesus would say, well, come on, Mary, help your sister out. We're family here. Uh-uh. Hear how Jesus speaks to Martha. Oh, but the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, 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 you're worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has, say it with me, one, two, three, she discovered it. Do you realize this is something you and I have to do as well? We have to discover it. We have to discover what it is. And it will not be taken away from her. When we discover it, it's ours and nobody can have it. The point I want to highlight from this passage is the example by Mary. Well, Mar Martha was worried and bothered by all kinds of things. Mary seated at the feet of Jesus. What a beautiful picture. What a powerful lesson. Mary was making time for Jesus. She was letting nothing be more important than being with Jesus. Not her to-do list for the day. Nothing was going to weigh her down. Mary discovered that the tasks, the responsibilities of the day, the heaviness of life must come second to being with Jesus. If you're a believer, I encourage you to sit at His feet, to be with His Word, to pray, to journal, to read, and tell Jesus the things that you're anxious and worried about. And then just listen. Close your eyes. And just be in His presence. Shut your thoughts off. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. This discipline was even modeled by Jesus. We hear it over and over again throughout the Gospels that Jesus would regularly go off to be alone in prayer. Your time 
with Jesus changes the way you see things. It changes the way you typically would respond. Spending time with Jesus will cause you to begin to think, to talk, and behave like Jesus. I've shared this before. This guy who could play a guitar was just really kind of good, not really good. But somehow, he made friends with a master guitar player. He said, come over, come over to my place. And day after day, he began to learn how to play the guitar from a master. And before you knew it, he was playing these chords, he was playing riffs, and he all of a sudden was just incredible. He was now picking. He wasn't just strumming. He did this week after week, month after month. The months had gone by, and then all of a sudden, he was with his friends at a, at a party, at a gathering. And they said, pull out your guitar. He said, sure. And he grabbed it. And then he just started playing. And then everybody stopped. There wasn't a noise in the room but the guitar. And then when he was done, he looked up. And they were all staring at him. They go, where'd that come from? He goes, oh, I, I've just been picking. I've just been practicing. They go, no. Who have you been with? You've been with the Master. It's in your eyes. See, when you're with Jesus, you get His eyes. You get His ears. You get His tongue. You get His hands. You get His heart. And then all this baggage... It just doesn't look like it used to anymore. It's easy to put it away. It's easy to put it far away from you and stack it up nicely. And before you know it, it's not that it didn't happen. It's not that it's not real. It's just now, it's just something of your history that you can use as a testimony for what He has done in your life. And you can leave it there. And the emotion doesn't take over your heart. But the testimony for what He did in your life, now that gets passionate. And now that's a tool for the cause of Christ. We ended last week's sermon with a a similar point. We talked about trust in week one as well. It shouldn't come as a surprise when the trust, that trust is a significant obstacle in this process about baggage. I realize that trust can take time. And for some, trust does not come easy. Most likely because there's been a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. So we don't trust easy. In his books, The Speed of Trust, Stephen Covey says this, and I quote, Low trust causes friction. And then he goes on to say, Low trust is the greatest cost in life and in organizations, including families. 
Low trust creates hidden agendas, politics, interpersonal conflict, a win-lose thinking, defensive and protective communication, all which reduce the speed of trust. Low trust slows everything. Every decision, every communication, every relationship. Close quote. Have you experienced low trust in your life? Have you ever noticed when you didn't trust that other person, or you didn't trust that organization, or you didn't trust the boss? Everything slowed down. Have you ever noticed when somebody really didn't want to trust you? And you were really trying to go forward and you were really trying to be, you know, something good and special here. Why was it all so hard? Because when there's no trust, everything slows down. So my question for you, is your faith slowing down? Are you suspicious and not really trusting of God? Maybe you've been a Christian for a lot of years, but you know you're more like a one-year-old Christian just repeated like 20 times. Is it really the church's fault? Or is it because there's a trust issue because of some baggage in your life? And the thing is, is you don't know how to trust God. And so everything's moving so slow. And you're just repeating the same things. It's like the guy who wanted to get a job. And he got the job. And after about seven years, he wanted the promotion. He'd been there about seven years. And the guy who'd been there only two years got the promotion, not the guy who'd been there seven years. Actually, we'll make it a little bit sweeter. We'll say he was there 20 years. Banged on the boss's door. Said, I'd like to know why I didn't get the promotion. How come he got it, not me? I got 20 years experience. The boss goes, no, you don't. You got one year experience repeated 20 times. What slowed him down? What's slowing you down in your faith in God? Do you really trust Him? Are you all in that you can give Him everything of your heart? Are you just waiting because you think something bad's going to happen? You think God is, is just going to be up there with a big old baseball bat waiting for you to make a mistake so He can just pound you like with a big hammer? That's not God. That's not grace. That's not mercy. That's the enemy of your soul lying to you. Do you think because your past was so bad, God has to reprimand you? And he hasn't really forgiven you? You think God just wants to remove everything good in your life? So you kind of hold back? You're being lied to. You've been ripped off. That's not who God is. That's who Satan is. Satan's out to steal, 
kill, destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundant. That's what Jesus says. I know this may sound a little cliche, but God does have a plan and a purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. The Scripture tells us that we will all experience trouble. That's because we live in a fallen world. But the good news is that the Lord gave us a promise. We get to enjoy this as sons and daughters of the Most High. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I'll read it to you. And we know that God causes everything. How come in America it actually reads, and we know that in all things, we kind of want to say it, and we know in some things. I don't know why we do that. That's how we live. I know sometimes I'm guilty of it. And we know that in all things God works for good, for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Cast your cares on Him today. Trust Him today. If you don't trust Him, everything slows down. And walk a little lighter. He cares for you. Just think about this for a moment as we close. If God didn't care, would He have sent the one and only begotten Son for you? If Jesus didn't care, would He have humbled Himself and gone to the Christ, up to the cross for you? Let go of the suspicion. Let go of the idea that God is angry and hates you. He's not. It's time to let go of your baggage. And trust Jesus with your life today and every day after. Well, Father, as we come before you to pray, maybe some of us are feeling this thing tingling inside of us, this tugging on our heart. And we know whether it was something that was done to us or something we've done, we carry this baggage with us. And it's time to not only just let it go, but it's also time to trust you and it's time to realize this is what you want so we could have freedom, so we can literally grow in our faith in you. Lord, that we could have this destiny you've called us to have so we could truly be about the cause of Christ so we can live set free. If you're here this morning and you know it's time to really let go of this thing that's holding you back from being the man of God, to being that husband, to being that woman of God, to being that wife, that mother, that father, you know it's time. And that baggage doesn't get to go with you anymore. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Would you look up at me? I want to pray with you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Yes, amen.
Well, Father, I just pray that today would be the day each and every one of us would say, I let go of my baggage and I don't take it back. That I put it at the feet of the cross and I say all I want is Jesus and His will and His way and in His time. That I'll trust You with my pain and my hurt, God. And I'll trust You, Lord, for those who maybe I've hurt or I've caused to suffer. That You could take away my guilt and my shame. Lord, I don't deserve these things, but this is who You are. So I could be about the cause of Christ. So I could be set free. God, help us to forgive those who have hurt us. Help us to forgive ourselves. And we say three things when we forgive. I promise to never throw this back into your face again. I promise... I'm not going to go tell others about this. And I promise I'm not going to meditate about this in secret. So God, help us to truly forgive. To let it go. That it could be a marker in the past of what God did in my faith. But I don't have to be emotionally driven or maneuvered or manipulated by that past baggage anymore. God set the captive free. Father, You said Your burden is light and Your yoke is easy. May we receive that today. Oh God, bless Your people. Bless those who raised their hands, who looked at me, Father, and saying, I got baggage. Whether it was stuff I did or whether stuff was done to me, I've got baggage. And I don't want it anymore. Oh God, bless them. Touch them. Change them. So everybody can look at Him and say, you've got your Father's eyes. Father, Your will. Father, Your way. In Jesus' holy name, Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.